0: Good to see y'all. Thank you for being back in the house of the Lord. I pray you had a great afternoon and everybody got a good Sunday power nap. How many got a nap this afternoon? Glory to God. That's what Sunday afternoons are all about. Uh, we went and filled up on some pasta and pasta has a way of pulling out your eyelids. And uh, boy, we, we went home and had a little power nap and uh, got our wheels back underneath of us and ready to go. How many are ready to go tonight? Amen. 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 I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Why don't we stand and we want to pray and welcome the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the day that you blessed us with. We thank you for the evening that's before us. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. You never forsake us. I thank you, Lord, that you're here strong on our behalf. And God, we would invite you to come right now in might and power and in authority. God, speak through your words, speak through your worship. God, have your way in this room tonight. And Lord, please leave nothing undone. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
1: I'm your presence in this place, God, and that is the reason why we came, God. It's not for the songs, God. It's not for the music, Lord. It's for the atmosphere, God. It's for the freedom, God. It's for the safety in your presence, Lord. Father, we just want to feel your presence more and more as the service goes on, God. Father, just envelop us with your presence tonight. You called us out, out of the darkness, into your love, into your light. Grace upon grace, beauty for ashes. You come to us, and we come alive.
0: accomplished not by might it's accomplished not by power it's only accomplished by the sweet spirit of God why do you suppose the scriptures teach us that (laughs) well I can stand before you and, and give testimony your might and your power will run out Does anybody ever get tired? And I'm not talking about just tired. I'm talking about tired of it. I'm just tired of it. You get to the place where you're just like, I'm just done. I'm just tired. Your might and your power will lead you to the place where you're just ready to just throw in the towel and say, forget it all. I'm tired. I'm done. But the Spirit of Almighty God will rise up inside of you and give you the strength and the encouragement to keep going. To run on. To not stop. To endure. Not by might. Not by power. But by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Can you just give praise and honor to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit tonight? Come on. Father, we bless you in this room. Son of God, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we greet you, we welcome you, we embrace you. We're so thankful, Lord, that you help us to accomplish the things that lie before us. God, not by might or power, but by the spirit that lives and dwells alive within us. Lord, you give us the strength and the encouragement to run on, to keep going, to go forward. When other things would fail and other things would falter, Lord, you're there. You never leave us, Lord. You're always strong on behalf of your people. Lord, we bless your name. God, we praise you. Lord God, we exalt you. We magnify you. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God you live and move and breathe within us it's you God and not us you You deserve the glory the praise and the honor thank you Lord that you sent your spirit to help us run on (laughs) I love you Lord I love you Lord hallelujah and Jesus gives the glory come on give him praise tonight Thank the Lord. Amen. Turn in love on somebody nearby. Let them know you're glad they're here. glory, 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 glory. Isn't he good? Isn't he good to us? We love him. We praise him. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I'm glad that you're here. Not that we wouldn't have had church without you, but uh, we're glad that you chose to be here tonight. Um, I'm going to preach if it's just Sister Vonda because she needs lots of preaching, okay? And uh, so we're, we're going to have church and, and uh, go after the Lord and do what He wants us to do. Let me remind you, uh, starting tomorrow evening uh, from 6 to 8 o'clock is our, uh, our Kids Crusade for this year. Uh, Brother Chasen and the youth are going to be uh, working and ministering. Uh, Sister uh, Jill uh, is going to keep them all lined out and keep them on track. And so uh, we're especially grateful for her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we encourage you, if, if you have the opportunity to come out this week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, probably around 7 o'clock would be a good time for the adults to show up. Uh, that's when the ministry will be happening here in the sanctuary. Uh, they're going to open services. The kids will go to uh, snacks and recreation and things like that and uh, do a, a craft as well. And so they're going to do that for the first hour, and then they'll come in the sanctuary and uh, be worshiping, and uh, there's going to be puppets and all kinds of cool stuff going on. And so if you just want to come and kind of see what that looks like, you're welcome. We would love for you to be here. Uh, But if you would like to come and encourage some of our students who are going to be ministering through this process, man, I want to encourage you to do that as your pastor tonight. Um, I, I know you think, well, they're, they're teenagers. It doesn't really matter. It's not really a big deal. Your encouragement to them makes all the difference in the world. And uh, so I want to I wanna encourage you as your pastor to be here. Just to, if you don't stay 10 minutes, just walk in the door and tell them how proud you are and what a great job they did, uh, and, and it'll make them feel really, really good. Um, they didn't ask me to announce it, but I saw that there's still a bunch of desserts out there uh, for sale. And uh, if you'd like to have one, please uh, go by and see Jill or Chasen after service, uh, so we can get rid of them all. Uh, if if you don't eat them, then that means Chasen and I are going to have to eat them. And obviously, you can tell by looking at the two of us, neither one of us need any more. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's making muscles on him and flubber on me. And so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we want you to uh, grab a dessert and uh, and get it to get it to go, take it home, and and uh, let that be your bedtime snack tonight. I don't know. There's still mystery desserts. They were all still covered up with aluminum foil. Uh, but uh, you're welcome to pull the lid back on one, lick the aluminum foil, put it back down. <laughs> Just a thought. I mean, you can see if it's any good or not. I mean, really. It's, anyway, I'm excited about the service tonight. I'm going to say this a couple of times, and I, I, I don't want to overstate the fact. I don't want to, to bore you with the things that I have to say, but um, tonight's going to be a lot different than normal Sunday night service. Uh, I, I intend for it to be a lot different from normal Sunday night service. Uh, as, as I began to write and as I began to, to seek what the Holy Spirit would have me to say, um, he, he took me to a different path. And... Um, You've heard me say it countless times. If you want something different, you do something different. And uh, man, I need something different tonight. I need something. I need need God to have total liberty. I need God to have total overshadowing of everything that I have to say or everything I have to do. And so I'm going to do my best as I always try to in every service to stay out of the way. And just let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. Will you join me in worshiping Him one more time? Come on. Father, we bless you. God, we praise you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house together tonight. Lord, we thank you that we're not judged by the standards of the world, but we are we stand before you alone, Lord. You're our God, our King, and our very best friend. And tonight, Lord God, we we stand bare before you. You see us from the inside to the outside. God, you know the numbers of the hairs that are on top of our head. And and God, you, you know our rising up from our lying back down. God, be glorified tonight in this room. God, be praised. God, be praised. Be praised, praised O oh Lord. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful tonight for the power of the presence of the Lord. I believe He's with us tonight, don't you? What's His promise to us? He said where two or three are gathered that that He'd be right there in the midst. Where where two or three are gathered in His name. I I believe we're here in the name of the Lord tonight, right? And so His promise is is that where He is, or where uh, we're gathered in His name, that His presence will be there as well. And I believe tonight with all my heart that His presence is still real. I believe His presence is still true. And I believe His presence is still available to us tonight. Uh, I believe because of the great day of Pentecost and because uh, the presence of Almighty God was poured out in the form of the Holy Spirit on that great day of Pentecost, tonight at Long Grove Assembly of God, we can have a personal encounter. We have the opportunity in this room tonight to have a personal encounter with Jehovah Jireh. We have the opportunity tonight to have a personal encounter with Jehovah Shalom. Come on, we have an opportunity to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost and fire in this room tonight. I will tell you again, I'm expecting tonight's service to be a lot different than normal. The message that I prepared tonight is going to be, uh, Lord willing, a lot shorter than a normal message that I would preach on a Sunday night. My goal is not to keep you in the pew tonight, but my goal in this service tonight is to to get you to a place of prayer, to get you to a place of spending time in the altar, to get you to a place back into the presence of Almighty God. And yes, I know, Pastor, that can be done uh, in my pew just like it can be done at the front of the church. Yes, friend, it absolutely can. Uh, And you can eat your food standing up for lunch today as well. The fact of the matter is, if we'll make a move towards the presence, if we'll make a move towards the altar, if we'll make a move towards God, He'll honor that. I want to make a time tonight to get straight through the Word and get straight to the altars, back into a time of praise and worship. I believe tonight God wants more out of us than just showing up on a Sunday night. I believe God would have us to do more than just have a, a head knowledge. I believe God wants us to have us an intimate place with Him tonight. He wants us to do more than just hear another word. He wants us to do more than just go through the motions. He wants us to do more than just have another Sunday night service. He wants more out of us tonight than than a few worship songs and a message uh, from the Word. He wants us to do more than just come and go and shake hands and and howdy-doody one another. He wants us to come into His presence. He wants us to come to Him. Listen, that's the purpose and the plan of coming here tonight. I believe in a personal God. Are you here? I believe in a personal God. He's not some far-off distant God. He's not somebody that I have to go through, through somebody else to get to Him. He's not a third-person God. He's a personal God that I can have an encounter with one-on-one. He's the one who broke down the walls of separation. He's the one who tore the veil from the top to the bottom. Not so that He could get out, but so that we might get into Him. I believe we don't have to go uh, through another person to approach God. But the Bible says we can approach the throne room of grace with boldness. Come on. I believe we need to go after Him with a boldness in such a manner as we never have before. That's the reason I believe with all my heart God's will and God's plan is that we would have an encounter with Him, a personal experience with Him. I believe the will of the Holy Spirit in this meeting tonight is that we would focus through the Word of God on a personal experience that we can have with our Heavenly Father. I want you to find your Bibles with me tonight if you brought them with you. We're going to the book of John chapter 14. I want to talk to you tonight about a personal experience. John chapter 14, I want to read verses 17 and 18 through the Word tonight. John 14 and 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. He said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'll come to you. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the opportunity, the meeting place. Thank You for the opportunity, God, to be called and drawn together tonight to a a time of revelation through Your Word. But God, most importantly, a time of meeting with You, a time of experiencing You. God, I I know I can experience You in any area, in any day, in any time, in any hour. but, But God, tonight there seems to be a greater significance God, I believe tonight that your desire is to meet with your people in a personal way, one-on-one. Lord, leave nothing out tonight that you wish to do. And God, be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. I'm thankful tonight for a personal experience. I'm thankful tonight for a personal encounter. When we begin to think about or talk about the, the phrase or the term personal experience, it, it doesn't talk about uh, what happened when I went to uh, the, the fair and, and I rode the ride and there was a hundred people on that ride with me and we all experienced that roller coaster together. I'm not talking about the, 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 the time when we all went to the car show and we walked around and we all saw the, the, the old antique vehicles together and thought how cool looking they were. I'm not talking about the time that we all got the bowl of banana pudding and we all enjoyed it exactly. See, that was the problem Friday night. Everybody ate banana pudding. It was... I'm not talking about a, an experience that happens collectively. I'm talking about a, an experience that happens personally. See, God's a personal God. God wants a personal relationship with you. When you got saved, I pray that you didn't go to Him through your granddad and grandma or through your mama and your daddy, but you went to Him one-on-one before Almighty God. You bent your knee, you prayed a prayer, and you entered into a relationship with Him. Our relationship with God is not based on anybody else. And friend, our encounter with Him, our experience with Him is exactly the same. It's not based on somebody else's experience with Him. It's not based upon what somebody else thinks or says or does. It's what the Holy Spirit leaps up inside of you and does in your own life. I believe this tonight. I believe that my experience with God is not based upon anybody else but me. That's a good thing to write down if you're a note taker. Your experience with God is not based upon anybody else but you. It's not dependent upon the style of music we sing or play. It's not dependent upon the people that are around you. It's not dependent upon the physical condition with which you walked in the door with. It's not based upon God. God has already done everything that He needed to do. He's done all the things in my life that I needed for Him to do. He died for me. He was raised for me. He was crucified for me. Uh, He was Took stripes on his body for me. He poured out the Holy Spirit for me. He lives and dwells inside of me. I'm not waiting on God to do anything else. Too many times God's waiting on me to do something. It's not based upon me. It's not based upon uh, my, my thoughts or my perceptions or my body or, or the way I felt or, or the what I got out of the song or what I got out of the preaching. It's simply based upon my desire. It's based upon my pursuit. It's based upon my passion. It's based upon me. I told you a million times, you get out of something what you're willing to put into it. If you don't want God, if you don't want God's encounter, if you don't want to experience His presence, then friend, that's exactly what you can expect to happen. But I promise you, if you'll go after Him with all that you are, if you throw down the gauntlet and say, Lord, I will not be satisfied with anything but you, it's based upon you. It's not based upon Sister Julie. I I, I made a silly comment this morning, and I said, man, if we get a better piano player, if we get a better... We couldn't ask for a better piano player. We couldn't ask for a better worship pastor. We couldn't ask for a better ministry that takes place in this place. But it's not based upon any of those things. It's based upon us. Well, I walked in the door not feeling so well. Well, you know what? I've walked in the door a lot of times not feeling so well. But when God shows up, suddenly my feelings don't matter anymore. It's based upon nothing else but us. And because it's based upon us, I believe that we can have this personal experience with God every day our little toes hit the floor. We can have this personal experience with God every time we come to the house of God, every time we go to an altar and pray, every time we lift our voice in worship, no matter what, because it's based upon us and nothing else, because it's dependent upon us, we can have an encounter with God anywhere at any time. Let me tell you, friend, it doesn't just apply to the preacher, but it applies to everybody in this room or those listening at home tonight. A good question I think we need to ask ourselves periodically, uh, a good thing to be reminded of tonight is this, why did I come to church? Why am I here tonight? Sister Julie started down that road tonight, and and I thought, man, she's going to steal my message. She's, She's getting in the middle of my sermon notes. Did she read them ahead of time? Why did I come to church tonight? Did it come out of obligation? Well, it's Sunday night, and that's what was expected of me, so I showed up like I was supposed to. I have a duty to fulfill, and and people are counting on me, so I'm there. Well, I'm on the worship team, so I've got to be there. They're depending on me to show up and sing or to play. I was told once upon a time by, by somebody in another church where I pastored that if I wanted to get people committed to coming to God's house, I needed to give them a job to do. Can I tell you in my own personal opinion, I think that's the exact wrong reason for anybody to ever come to God's house. Well, I'm here out of obligation. I'm here because I have a responsibility. I'm here because I have to. Listen, if you're here because you have to, you're not going to want to be there when you're there. We shouldn't come because we've simply got a job or a duty to do. Duty to do. Don't go there. We don't come to this church to see the latest dress styles. We don't come to make contacts. We don't come to hear a preacher. We don't come to hear the music. And I'll take it a step further. If we come for any other reason but to encounter Almighty God, we're here for the wrong reason. If we're just here out of ritual rut and routine, if we're just here to go through the motions, if we're just here because we're supposed to be here, friend, we're here for the wrong reason. We came tonight not to meet with one another, but we came tonight to meet with Him. Meeting with one another is a side benefit of meeting with Him. Getting to do a ministry within this building is a side benefit of meeting with Him. Getting to do the thing that God has called you to do is simply a side benefit of a personal experience that you have with God. Hmm. I believe That this personal experience, I believe this personal encounter that I'm talking about is available to us continually. I I believe it's especially available to us tonight, yes, uh, on this celebration of Pentecost Sunday, the the celebration of the reminder of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, man, a Pentecostal people in a Pentecostal church ought to be excited about a personal experience with Almighty God, and I believe it should be especially available to us on this Sunday night. Friend, we don't have to wait till Sunday night to have a personal experience with God. Things I want to share with you quickly tonight through the Word about this personal experience. First thing I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about the nature of God. 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested towards us, and that while... God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love, that not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His only Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. God is a God of love. Aren't you thankful for the amazing love of Almighty God? When we begin to talk about the nature of God, what we're actually saying, are, or we're talking about the characteristics or the nature or the attributes of God. Who He is, what He represents, what, what the nature, the characteristics, the attributes of Almighty God, what God represents, right? And so when we talk about the nature of God, we can talk about the creative nature of Almighty God. How many know God's the creator of all things? Yes, and how many know regardless of how many genders they say there are out there, there's still only two. God created male and God created female. God created every bird, God created every tree, God created every blade of grass and every grain of sand. God's the creator of all things. And we can talk about the creative nature, the creative attributes of Almighty God. God is a God of creation. We could also talk about uh, the, the nature of God and His power and His authority. How many understand God is high and lifted up and the train of His robe fills the temple. He is almighty. He is all powerful. Come on. Amen. We could talk about His grace, we could talk about His mercy, we could talk about His omnipotence, we could talk about His omnipresence, we could talk about His omniscientness, we could talk about some of the different characteristics and natures and attributes of Almighty God. But if you boiled it all down and you brought it down to one thing that you had to say about God, that one thing you'd say is that God is a God of love, right? That scripture we read in 1 John chapter 4, 8 uh, says that God is love. Boom, drop the mic, walk away. God is love. That's the characteristics, that's the attribute, that's the nature of Almighty God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, God loved the world so much that He gave He didn't give some leftover, run down, tattered and torn piece of uh, trash. He gave his only begotten son without spot, without blemish, without imperfection, so that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Come on. God is a God of love. God loves you. The reason he sent his son was because he loved you. The reason His Son agreed to to be the, the, the ultimate sacrifice, to take stripes on His body, to die on a cross called Calvary, to get up on the third day, to pour out the Holy Spirit. The reason the Holy Spirit agreed to live inside of such a rugged, messed up mess like you and I was because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost love us tonight. The fact tonight is this. Because God loves us the way He does. We can have a personal contact with Him. Are you hearing me? Let it sink into you tonight. God loves you and you can have personal contact with Him. People have this convoluted, preconceived, messed up idea about God. Because they've they've been messed over so many times by people. People who told them they loved them. There's a vast difference, friend, between the love of God and the love of man. People love you as long as you're doing. People love you as long as they can get something out of you. People love you as long as there's there's something for them involved in it. But God loves you regardless. God doesn't care what color your skin is. God doesn't care what your background is. God doesn't care how much you have or what you don't have. God just simply loves you just the way you are. God loves us. And people have this mixed up preconceived notion about the love of God. Well I'm not good enough for God to love me. I've been too bad. I've done too many bad things. I've been to too many bad places. I'm a failure. Does anybody in this room besides the preacher ever feel like you failed God? Come on. Man, there's days where I think, Lord, how could you possibly love somebody as messed up as me? That guy cut me off in traffic on I-35, and I got up underneath of him and put him in the rail. No, I didn't. Y'all just come on. thought Thought about it. hmm, maybe y'all don't make mistakes. Maybe y'all don't fail like I do. Brother Philip, God loves me in spite of my failings. That scripture that we just read in Romans chapter 5, 8, it says that God just demonstrated His love toward me and that while I was still a sinner, when I was in the bar, when when I was doing ignorant things that I shouldn't have been doing, When I was in the world, when I was living for the devil, God still loved me and sent his son to die for me in my sin. A God that loves me that much wants to have personal contact with me i got to get it out of my head that God doesn't care about me. i got to get it out of my head that God doesn't love me. i got to get it out of my head that, that God's too busy or, or are too confused with other things going on to take care of somebody. I mean, God's got to take care of that war in Ukraine. God's got to take care of them gas prices. God's got to take care of all this other stuff. He's just too busy to take care of me. He couldn't love me enough to, to take care of all the problems going on in my life. And I tell you tonight as your friend, we got to get past our preconceived notions and ideas about God. We've we got to get past the, the, the made-up ideology that we put in our mind about who God is and what God does and how much God can love. If God is love, if that's the entire characteristic and nature of Almighty God, it doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your sin was. Listen, if God can save somebody like Gary Dotson and love somebody like Gary Dotson, He can certainly love you tonight. If God can get past my past, then He can get past your past. If God can accept your failings and, and mistakes, then and guess what? Uh, he can accept anybody's as well. He is not too busy. He's not in too much of a hurry. He wants to spend time with you because He loves you. What do we need to know about a personal experience? We need to understand the nature of God. We also need to understand and talk about the mercy seat. In the book of Exodus chapter 25, verses 17 through 20, the Bible says, You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. You shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work, and you shall make the other of them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherubim at one end of the mercy at the Excuse me. Make one cherubim at one end and the other cherubim at the other end, and you shall make the cherubim at uh, the two ends of it, uh, one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch their wings above the, the covering of the mercy seat, and their wings shall face one another, that face the cherubim toward the mercy seat. And you shall put on the mercy seat on top of the ark, and, and the ark, and, and in the ark, you shall put the testimony that I will give you, and there on top of that mercy seat, there through all the preparations that you've made, there I will meet with you. And I will speak to you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony about everything I give you in a commandment to the children of Israel. Thank God for a place called the mercy seat. Thank God for a place called the mercy seat. The plan of God is to visit us. The plan of God is to meet with us. The mercy seat was the covering. The mercy seat was the top of. The mercy seat was the lid, if you want to put it that way, for the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord told them in the book of Exodus chapter 25 that on that mercy seat, on that place, He would meet with them and He would talk with them. He would commune with them from that place called the mercy seat. The Word of God is filled with people who had a personal experience in a place known as the temple because God came and met with them there at the mercy seat. In the book of Exodus chapter 40 verse 34, the Bible says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The Lord came down. He hovered over that mercy seat. And the Bible says that a cloud filled the place. (laughs) Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 1, the Bible says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord came and hovered above that mercy seat. He met with them there. He spoke with them there. He led them there. He guided them there. He directed them from the mercy seat. The mercy seat in the temple had been prepared. The presence of the Lord would come and take over. When the temple and the mercy seat were prepared, the very presence, the very Shekinah glory we sang about this morning would come in and flood that place and take it over. Understand, God still comes to the temple, and God still rests upon the mercy seat. The only difference today, friend, is this. That temple and that mercy seat is not the invention of the creation by the hands of man. It's not brick and mortar. It's not padded pews. It's not the building that we're setting in. This is not the temple. This is not the mercy seat. But the temple of God and the mercy seat is found in the hearts of men and women of Almighty God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The mercy seat is within you tonight. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, and your heart laid bare before the Lord. That mercy seat was not prepared by the hands made by man That mercy seat was prepared by the the precious sacrifice of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And now through a personal relationship with the Son of God, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our heart is the mercy seat and He lives and He dwells within you. And a personal experience is possible anywhere at any time because we are the temple and our heart is the mercy seat laid open before God. It's not something you'll find in Scripture, but it is Jewish tradition. It is Jewish history. When they would go in, the the high priest would go in to offer sacrifices. He'd go into the temple of the Lord before the mercy seat, before the, the Ark of the Covenant, He'd walk in that place, but before he went in that place to offer his sacrifices, he had to go through a ceremonial cleansing before he could even go in that room. And many times what they would do was they'd put bells at the bottom of the robe or the garments of the priest that was going in there, and they would tie a rope to his ankle... So that if his heart wasn't right before Almighty God, and he walked into the presence of God, they knew that he would fall over and die dead. Right. Because his heart wasn't right. Yeah. As long as the bells were jingling, they knew he was up and going. I want my heart to be pure before Almighty God. I want my heart to jingle before Almighty God and Him to know that my mercy seat is covered by the blood of the Lamb of Almighty God. I want Him to be assured tonight that I am a clean sacrifice before Him because of the sacrifice that's been made before God. What do we need to understand tonight about a personal experience? We need to understand a place called the mercy seat. That's us. And one more thing I want to get to tonight. available John chapter 14 verse 17 through 18 that's where we began the Bible says the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him you know him for he dwells with you and he'll be in you I'm not going to leave you as orphans I'm going to come to you I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit of God Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, the gift that He'd pour out, the the power that He promised that would come through Pentecost. Jesus said that Holy Spirit would be with us and that He'd be in us. Comforter, counselor, parakletos. One who comes along beside to, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. The work of the Holy Spirit is to keep us from stumbling and falling. The work of the Holy Spirit is to convict us when we've done wrong. The work of the Holy Spirit is to, to let the scales fall off of our eyes, to give us spiritual discernment about wolves and sheep's clothing. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit is to, to open our hearts, to be receptive to Almighty God. And Jesus said He'd be with us and He'd be in us. And, The air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the air that we breathe is with us and it is in us. How far do you have to go to get away from air? You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to anybody in this place tonight but me? How far do you have to go? I got to go plumb to the moon to get away from air. Yeah. I got to go to outer space to get away from air. Yeah. There is no oxygen. There's no breathable air in outer space. Right. So I, I, it's possible that I can run plumb away from God. I can get so far away from His presence that I suffocate and die. Right. That's it. Good. Mm-mm-mm. He's with us. And He's in us. He's no respecter person. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care what you are. He doesn't care what your past is. He doesn't care how much you have or you don't have. Uh, He doesn't care what you've accomplished in your life or what you failed at in your life. He just simply is with you and in you. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the youth pastor. You don't have to be the worship pastor. You don't have to be a board member or a Sunday school teacher. You can have a personal experience with Him. Why? Because He's with you and He's in you. But the truth we need to hear tonight is what I started with. Y'all haven't liked my preaching much today, and I'm fine with that. Because you know what? He likes my preaching, and that's all that really matters. If God had a problem with my preaching, He'd tell me about it. That's right. And He ain't said a word yet, so. That's right. <laughs> it's available tonight. Yes. But just as I said when I opened this meeting, it comes back to us. That's right. It comes back to us. Yes, it does. Had lunch today with some great friends. Went to that Italian joint, and like I said, it, I car bloated up on pasta, and, whoa, it was good. Eyelids got heavy. and The table I was setting out, they brought out two baskets of bread. When we walked away from that table... There was no bread still available. Because it was dependent upon us. How many bags of fish did you sell today, brother? Several? A bunch? A truckload? Five million dollars worth? Hallelujah. Friday night was the all-you-could-eat fish fry. Now, Brother Don was outside cooking, so I know he was getting all he could eat on the outdoors. (laughs) But here's the thing I know. There was fish left over. There was still fish available, right? Right. There was still fish that was there to be eaten if you wanted to keep on eating. Hubert and Linda liked to go eat at the Chinese joint. I like to go eat there. Vonda doesn't like it much, and so when I get to go, Hubert will come by and say, hey, pastor, come go eat with me, and we'll take off and go eat at the Chinese place. Chinese place is an all-you-can-eat buffet. I've never walked away from that place going, you know what? I'm still kind of (laughs) hungry. No, in fact, I usually walk away from that place going, "Oh, oh, oh. oh, I'm hurting, honey. I'm hurting. Because I eat so much, because it's available. Right, Right. come on. He's available, y'all.
1: Yes, yes, Yes. Yes, he is.
0: Why'd we come to church? Why, Julie? Won't you and Dennis come back, please? I love you guys so much. (laughs) I, I thank the Lord to. To get to preach my heart and to share the things that God puts in my heart, to have an opportunity to to say the things and and for you to be as patient with me as you are. Thank you that you allow me to just be me. (laughs) Some of you today, I really wasn't downtrodden today. I just was tired. You know, I, I like I said when I opened, man, sometimes I just get tired. I, you, you set your expectation. You set the bar way up here. Yeah. You walk up to the plate and you think, just pitch me a fast one right down the pipe yeah. and watch what happens to that ball you send my way. Yeah. I'm going to send it so far. Yeah. Just watch. You have an expectation yes. of knocking it out of the park. Right. And then you dribble one over to first base and the guy picks it up and touches the back. And you're like, dude, why did I even swing for the fence? I appreciate your love and your compassion. There's a lady sitting in this room tonight. She gets tired of me talking about her, so I'm not going to point her out, Carol. But (laughs) she calls me her kid. She hugs my neck, and she'll tell me what a great pastor I am and what a great job I'm doing and how much she loves me. Mom, you don't know what that means to me. I appreciate it. But you didn't come tonight for pastor. I love the fellowship I watch you guys share in the foyer. The way you poke and play and love on one another. I watch the ladies visit and talk and... uh, camaraderie and the fellowship that they have that's so precious you don't understand how blessed we are at Long Grove Assembly of God you do not understand there's a lot of churches that you walk into and you know immediately when you walk in the door there's a fungus among us and that's half of the church is mad at that half of the church and that half of the church is mad at the back half of the church and we're not that y'all this place loves one another And we're blessed because of that. But we're not here for one another. I love you. But I didn't come here tonight for you. I don't preach for your approval. I don't preach for your applaud. I don't preach for your pat on the back. I preach to please my God. I come tonight for an encounter with Him. We can do that anywhere at any time. But tonight seems so special. What's that look like, pastor? What's this encounter that you're talking about? Uh, do I have to do the Jericho march? <laughs> oh, that you would. But no, you don't have to do the Jericho march. Do I lift my hands? Do I sing as loud as I can? What do I What's this look like, pastor? Some of the most precious times that I spend with my children. Both of my girls went through such a a hard week this last week. Some of the most precious times I spend with them is just holding her hand. I love my Josie girl and it makes her daddy's heartbroken to see her heartbroken. Just to put my arm around her and tell her I love her. My big girl, she's independent, she's hard headed, she's stubborn, she thinks she's the boss of everything. She's just like her mama. <laughs> but when she gets heartbroken, she wants her daddy. She wants to hear her daddy say it's gonna be okay. It's just an encounter. It's just an experience. It can be whatever form or shape. It can be a a shout. It can be a run. It can be a jump, or it can be as simple as sitting down and holding Abba Daddy's hand. Just hear him say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I love you, child. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through it. I'm with you every step of the way. See, a personal experience with God is available. Y'all stand with me tonight. Oh. Oh, how He loves you. That is His nature. Your heart is the mercy seat. Bare and open, made of purest refined gold by the precious atoning blood of the Lamb of God. Washed, pure, holy. Pastor, I'm not holy. The Bible says you are. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Stop thinking of yourself as less than you are and approach the throne room of grace with boldness. It's available to you right now. It's available to you right now. God bless y'all as you pray.
1: There's nothing like your love Yeah, yeah, I saw the Lord
0: Stand and sing it to him. We thank you. We thank you that you're a personal God. You're not distant. You're not far away. You're not a God we have to go through a third person to approach you. But you desire fellowship with us one on one, personally. Father, I pray you remind us continually that you're available. Always. Because you're with us. You're in us. There's no distance too far. Lord, I pray. Walk with us this day. And the days to come. Remind us that you desire this personal encounter. This personal experience. God, we love you so much. And we give you praise. You. In Jesus' name. Amen. You. Love you guys. God bless you.